Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 151, and I'm talking with Molly Huddle and Roberta Groner. So this is a two-part episode. Molly and Roberta have both been guests on the show, so make sure you go back and listen to their first episodes. I actually have a Patreon episode with Roberta as well. So Molly was a bonus episode I released, and you guys might know Molly. She's an American record holder. She holds the American record in the half marathon, which she actually ran this past year. She ran a 67.25 at the Houston Half Marathon. She broke a record that was held by Gina Castor for 12 years. Um, so Molly came back to run New York. It was her third marathon. She's run New York once before where she podiumed. She got third place and she ran Boston last year and that torrential downpour. Um, this year in New York, she placed fourth and had a great race. And we got to break it down and talk to her a little bit about that and what her goals are coming up. And you guys know Roberta Groner. She is the mom of three. She's a full-time working nurse and she has just been hammering away. She has been PRing after PRing in every distance over these past couple years. And she's 40. So she actually won the master's division in the marathon at New York. Uh, but she openly talks about that she is competing with all of the other runners, not necessarily just in the master's division. Um, I'm so inspired by Roberta and Molly. So I'm excited to bring you guys this great conversation with them. Before we get started talking with Roberta and Molly, I want to thank a sponsor for this episode. The sponsors of this show make it possible, and this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers online counseling and therapy with licensed therapists from wherever you are around your schedule. It's convenient with four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. It's affordable, costs $35 to $65 a week, and financial aid is available. Their network offers broad expertise, which may not be locally available in your area. It's easy to change counselors if you need, so you can find one that's right for you. It's secure and your information stays confidential. No, guys, this is not a crisis line. They are licensed therapists, though, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. So try BetterHelp free for one week and start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. Go to BetterHelp.com another. All right, guys, don't forget, I am headed to the Donna Marathon this year. I'm so excited to be back in Jacksonville, February 10th. It's going to be a blast. We are going to have a meetup for sure. And I'd love to have you guys join me. And when you're there, when you come to the race, A, we're going to have a meetup. But B, you need to check out St. Augustine because it is one of my favorite places. It's such a beautiful little town and there's so much fun stuff to do there. So if you come, come a day early or stay a day late. You guys can register for the race using my code Lindsay15 to get 15% off any of the races that weekend. I also want to let you guys know I'm fundraising for the Donna Marathon this year. Really excited to get behind the Donna Foundation and support their organization, which the Donna Foundation supports breast cancer research and also supports women and men living with the disease. So I'm really happy to get behind the organization and support a cause I really believe in and really um, is close to my heart. I will put the link to my fundraising page uh, in the show notes because uh, I put a pretty lofty goal uh, because I believe that with lots of people, we can achieve great things. So I would appreciate anybody who is willing to help me meet my fundraising goal. A link to that will be in the show notes and I hope you come run with me too. All right, guys, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer because I know you're here to hear from Molly Huddle and Roberta Groner. So enjoy my conversation with these two ladies. So we're talking with uh, Molly Huddle today on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Molly. Hey, great to be back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. That's exciting. I got I had the opportunity to see you finish the race on Sunday. How were you feeling when you ran past the grandstands? Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely happy to see the finish line. I was pretty relieved. I wasn't sure how the race would unfold. Um, and I was trying really hard to uh, make it to the podium, but... Um, it was a solid race. So I was like relieved and pretty, um, okay with fourth. <laughs> what a beautiful day. It was so nice. It was such a contrast to Boston. Like it was <laughs> perfect weather, no excuses, a fast, like Mary Katani almost had the course record. Um, cause it was such a fast windless day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you PR'd by a minute and a half. 
Yeah, that was always, um, you don't really know, like, if New York, you don't go there for time. So I was happy that even though we went out, we went out pretty slow for the first half, we came back pretty fast. So yeah, PR is great. <laughs> Chipping away at it. <laughs> yeah, what is that? You did 115.50 through the half. So you're like, and then a 226, what did you, was that like a three minute negative split? Four minutes? Something like that. Like, I think I was just under 71 for okay. the ha- second half. Man, um, we can talk about Mary Katani running a 106 whatever <laughs> in a little bit, but that's crazy, right? Crazy, yeah. I mean, that is like the half of the course with most of the hills on it too. Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about um, your training going into New York, coming off Boston. Everybody knows what a insane day Boston was. And before you go there, I want to tell you that I have just admired you and respected you for how you finished Boston because I actually also got to see you finish that race. I was at the finish line of Boston as well. And man, just the look on your face finishing that race, I was like, all my respect, bow down. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, definitely I looked different, I think that day than I did in New York. I felt kind of like a zombie (laughs) just kind of getting to the line in Boston. But um, yeah, that was that (laughs) that was definitely a plan a b and c fell through and I was like just get to the finish line (laughs) why did you decide to just go and finish the race because you know I feel like a lot of people that were were feeling like you probably just said I'm done um well I didn't start to feel really really bad until 22 and then so at that point I was like it's only four more miles and I just don't like dropping out. Like, I'm afraid it'll become, like, an option. Like, I just don't want it to ever be an option because you always hit points in the race where you're like, this hurts, I want to stop. And I just never want to actually give in to it. So there's that. And then it was my first Boston Marathon. So I was like, I really want to just, just do it. Like, it's kind of a special race. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't thinking super clearly. But yeah. <laughs> that's what was kind of going on slowly in my head. <laughs> You know, when you say it's your first Boston, you're like, I just want to do it. I want to finish it. It kind of puts you in um, the same kind of frame of mind, I think, of someone who's running as a recreational runner, because that's how we feel when we get to Boston, you know, anytime anybody runs their first Boston. So though you're this like elite athlete who is hitting podiums of major marathons, the fact that you still think like that makes you really relatable. Yeah, I think I definitely have moments like that. And and same in training, too. I think where you're like, I'm tired, but like, you know, I just got to do it. And um, I just think it's important to not like you can have, you know, obviously you want to win or podium if you're an elite athlete or you have these extreme intense goals. But I think it's important, too, to like when those fall through, still have some kind of goal and something to fight for, because I don't know, I just think that it's, it's just a respectable way to race. And you, you, you never know what's going to happen ahead of you, especially in a marathon. So I think it actually pays off to think that way. And of course I ended up finishing 15th, like nothing special happened ahead of me, but a lot of people did drop out. So if I held it together, you know, um, I think that kind of thinking pays off sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say that recently and I, I, that really does make a lot of sense. Like maybe someone is running super fast and in second place, but who knows what's going to happen. That's a, you know, and then you're in fourth in New York who knew what was going to happen. Um, so two twenty six forty four in New York, that's pretty fast on that course. So does that excite you for the kind of time you can run on a flat course if you ever take it to a flat course? Yeah, that's definitely the goal for the next marathon is to kind of run a more evenly fast pace on a flatter course and just see how my body handles that. You know, like New York is a challenging course for sure, but we also, we go out so slow the first 5K to 10K that it almost feels more like a, you know, like a 20 or a 23 miler. Mm. Um, and so I I do need to still test myself over like a hard 26 miles and, and see what happens there. But I'm thinking if you flatten the course out a little bit and like stick with the ideal weather, <laughs> it could be a pretty fast day. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping I can run a few minutes faster. What, so when you say it's so, it sounds like it feels super pedestrian to you, the first 510K, what are you guys, what were you guys running the five ten, first 510K at New York? 
Um, well, the first mile I think is usually slow in New York and we were 642, which mm-hmm. is like excessively slow. I think yeah. we were just, on, you know, it's such a big hill and you're just, you're with Mary Katani and Vivian Chariot. So if they're not going, like no one's going, <laughs> um, basically. So that, I think all of us could have probably run 40 seconds faster if we just went up the hill at six minute pace. Um, but we averaged, we went through five miles at 30 flat roughly so we were still averaging like we had fluctuated up and down a little bit but we like didn't cut under six minute pace until after five miles which is um pretty pretty easy for like our whole group was still there pretty much until I think it broke open around like eight to ten miles or so so when you lost contact with the lead group there, was that like 15 or something? What were, What's going through your mind when that's happening? You're seeing someone make a move breaking away. Yeah, well, I've raced Mary Katani a few times, and I knew like if she's her usual self, I can't go with her. So mm-hmm. when she drops the move, it's pretty hard. Like it was five-minute pace. It was, you know, we've switched from about 5.30 to five minutes like right away. And um, I knew I would blow up if I – went with that for more than a couple miles and so I stuck with I think the group I was with was just Shalane Vivian and um Mami to Daska who was third last year and so I was glad you know if I didn't have them around me I might have tried to go for a mile or two but it just felt way too hard for still having 10 miles left so yeah that kind of splintered it open um but we were right like to stay back because the two women with her did blow up and we all passed or Shalane and I both passed both of those women. I think one dropped out actually. Yeah, that was really smart. So, so then you were with Shalane for a while though, around mile till around mile nineteen. Um, when she started breaking away, did it did the thought crush your mind to try to go, or were you just like, I have to do my own thing? Yeah, I, I wanted to try to go. Like I had been kind of dangling for the last like two to three miles. Um, it just felt a little too hard. And down First Avenue, I think we were running like five O's, you know, like five Oh eight. And then we hit five Oh one. And I was kind of like, I don't think I can do that this far out. Like (laughs) if we we were at 20, maybe I would try it, but it just felt like I was digging too much for how much was left. And so I was mad. Like when Shalane kind of drifted away, she was chasing Vivian who kind of drifted away and we just, we strung out and just kind of stayed that way. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh, don't let her separate because it's just really hard to catch people when you're going like up First Avenue. It's just a hard last bit of the course to make up ground, really. So um, I, I just was looking at Shalane's ponytail basically the whole way. And I was like, it's just not coming back. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I felt like I just needed a breather. And then um, it just never closed back up. Now, did you have fun? Did you hear, I mean, were people, are the streets just crazy in New York calling your name because you're an American? It was really fun. Like, it's amazing how fast it went by and just how focused you can be with all the screen. It was like you were in this, like, sound tunnel the whole way and people were throwing confetti at you and, like, a lot of cheers for the Americans. Like, I heard a lot of go Shalanes, a lot of go Mollies, a lot of go Des, a lot of Allies. You know, she's from New York, so... Um, that was cool. And yeah, I just felt like hyper-focused because I was kind of chasing someone or racing someone the whole way, which was good. It was different than the first New York. Um, but yeah, it was afterwards I was like, it was fun. Like New York is a really fun marathon. It's just nonstop energy basically. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you were sandwiched as far as the Americans go, you know, we had so many Americans in the top, which is pretty amazing. And you're sandwiched between like Shalane and Des that has to feel pretty cool and pretty special they're both a little bit older than you and you've been watching the marathon for quite a while yeah that's definitely a confidence booster I think I still need a little more experience at the marathon but they've made two Olympic teams or more in that event so um, I think they've both made two in the marathon and it's something I want to do so that's pointing in the right direction for me I hope yeah so interesting I did a live podcast with Paula Radcliffe on uh, Saturday before the race. And I asked her who her top three podium spot picks were. And she said Molly Huddle. Wow. I said, you that's heard a, it here first. <laughs> that's a great vote of confidence if Paula Radcliffe thinks you can do it. Now I feel, now I really wish I um, 
got the podium. <laughs> but it's people, you know, the woman who holds the world record is looking at you and thinking that, that that's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, she's definitely someone I, I think as a marathoner set the standard and um, the way she raced was really something I always looked up to where she would just just go like no drama, no wasting time. And um, so that's a pretty, yeah, that's pretty valuable that she's to me to like lock that away for confidence. <laughs> now, is that I always I'm always asking about this because I always wonder, you know, she ran that 215, which is just I mean, it's just crazy. Are, do you think that women are racing differently now? Like she couldn't go out and run a 215 if she like sat with the pack for the first 10K. Like, you, you know, like you were saying you guys did on uh, in New York. And obviously it was a different course. But I mean, did Paula just go out and go for it every time? She did. I'd have to I would have to look at her splits again for like the first half because I know Mary Katani, I think, is the woman that could only person I think that could go for that time right now. Um, and she has blown up a little bit the two times she went for it. And, um, I'm wondering if maybe she like going out so fast, like going out under two fifteen or at two fifteen pace is maybe just too fast and she'll, she should negative split it a little bit by a minute or so. But, um, yeah, what puts it into perspective, like there's been such amazing athletes coming up since Paula that have been really dominant at the majors and, um, you know, they just aren't even within two minutes of it. So, um, there's a lot of men that on a bad day wouldn't, <laughs> a lot of right. good, a lot of good American men, like a good portion of the men at the Olympic trials will like run slower than that. So <laughs> it just, it, yeah, it seems like not even humanly possible for a female, but it is apparently. So, so I, we kind of talked about this, like, 66 minute half on the back end with Mary. I mean, when someone's capable of that, it just, I mean, that's your, you have the American record in the half and what is it? 107 something. Yeah. It's slower. It's slower than what she split and it was on a flat fast course. (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of that, are you going back to Houston this year? Um, I'd like to, I'm not sure if I'll have time to get in shape for it. But, um, I think I'd like to take another crack at that time. So that's the place yeah, to do it. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> you probably can't announce where you're going. Do you know, um, this spring, are you going to run a marathon? I mean, cause I'm thinking 2020 trials, that's obviously your focus. You want to make the Olympic team. Do you have mm-hmm. one, one more or two more marathons before that? I'm assuming one. I think we're going to play it safe and probably do just one in the spring. Um, and then just do the trials, but we need to look at, I think the qualifying for the Olympics and world championships is a little different than it was before. So, um, it may necessitate one more marathon, but ideally, yeah, I can like rest after the spring and then come back again for February. Okay. So you think spring marathon, maybe not fall Mm -hmm. marathon. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But you don't know what marathon it might be. Not sure. Um, probably one of the faster European ones I'm thinking. So we'll, we'll probably talk about it this week once I've like thought about New York and just thought about what would suit me best. Um, yeah. And then hopefully we'll know in a couple of weeks and we can start planning. Yeah. How much time are you going to take off right now? I mean, you just ran this marathon Sunday. We're talking it's Wednesday. So what are you, what is the next like through Christmas time look like for you? Usually like two weeks totally off and then like a week of easy short runs, I think is like plenty of time to recover from a marathon and then a week of mileage. And so it's like a month without workouts. Um, and that has worked pretty well the last couple of times. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, so probably won't start working out until after Thanksgiving and, um, it'll be good. Cause then, you know, that's when I'm usually traveling a lot to see family and stuff. So I won't have to worry about wrapping the travel around track workouts and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to go home for Thanksgiving. Where are you originally from? Like, where does your family live? They live in upstate New York. Um, the town is called Elmira and it's, it's not too far from Providence. Like we drive there. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun. I haven't seen them in a while. (laughs) Yeah. I was gonna say, well, did you have family at the marathon finish? 
They did come to watch the marathon. Yeah, I didn't get to see them very much because I was so busy, but um, we had dinner the night after, so that was good. They drove up, and then I have a couple cousins that live in town that were there too. Oh, fun. Okay, so before you've uh, you ever ran New York, I know you came and spectated, and you've done so many New York Roadrunner races. Um, what when you used to come and spectate and watch New York and see these women coming in where you came in on Sunday, what were you thinking years ago? Were you picturing yourself in that position? The first year I watched the marathon was I think 2008. That was the first year our training partner, Kim, uh, ran it. And yeah, I think it wasn't even on my mind really, but it was my first New York marathon weekend in person. And so it was awesome. Like I was like, you know, just a part of the energy and it was like really inspiring to watch the the people come in to the finish and just see the crowds and um you know I was just inspired by that level of performance because I was just out of college and I was like wow like these women are splitting times that I like can't run for a 10k it's crazy Mm -hmm. um and then I didn't Uh, A couple years later, I rode the lead cart and I was just like, this looks so hard. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know I want to do it eventually, but I don't know. Like, it's going to take a while to get ready for this. Um, And then by like 2013 or 14, I was like, oh, I really want to do it now. Like, so yeah, by the time I actually did it, I'd been waiting for a while to do it. And I was really um, eager to try the marathon, but like specifically New York, like I would have been kind of disappointed to do anything else first. So yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think New York's going to be the one that you keep coming back to? It seems like it has a special place in your heart. I mean, I definitely want to come back one more time, but we've mapped out like between now and the Olympics and then the world championships the year after the Olympics, we kind of have mapped out every possible marathon I'll be doing. And, um, I'll be 37 in 2021 when the world championships are in, Portland so I was like I don't know like that might be my last year I don't know if I'll have time to go back to New York but I guess I could always add it in there as my last one maybe yeah (laughs) I mean Shalane's 37 she just took third I mean I was just talking to Carrie Tolson about this we recorded a like a recap of the race for the podcast and I think it's so cool that the top women were all in you guys are all in your 30s and and um Vivian and Mary and Shalane are like mid to late thirties even. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is Vivian 30 or 31? She might be low thirties. I'd have to double check, but we like, yeah, Mary is 37. Shalane is 37. Like me and Des are mid thirties. So, um, I think it's just, and Shalane's not slowing down at all. Like, I think it just shows that it's an event where like maturity helps and, Mm -hmm having that, those miles in your legs and like the, all the aerobic work you've done your whole career really pays off in the marathon. Like you don't need to be like sharp and fast. So if that goes away, you're okay. Um, so that's kind of cool that it's, you know, an event that you kind of can age with, um, and not really lose anything. Yeah. And that's an interesting point too, that with the 2020 trials coming up, because I bet that does take a lot of the American women, all of you top American women, probably out of New York in 2019. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see who comes back for it that fall um, or who who runs it before the trials. Like it would be a, a really, it, it's doable, but it would be kind of a risky double. So yeah, it's yeah. a quick turnaround because it's February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about the New York course? I think I just love that there's really loud spectators the entire way. Like you don't ever have time to feel sorry for yourself because there's always someone cheering you on. And uh, it's kind of a cool, like it's broken up so that it goes by fast. Like you have every, you can look forward to the next borough or the next hill or the next bridge. And it like keeps your mind engaged, I find. Um, So I liked that it was, yeah, it's just like a really interesting course that keeps you kind of (laughs) focused. Now you get into Central Park and you're like, okay, end is in sight. But I mean, are those hills really hard? Yeah, they're hard. I think First Ave is harder. It just is like you forget that it's there. (laughs) And then um, I feel like I'm always either running, like the last two times I was kind of chasing someone up it and you just don't make up much ground. So Now remind me where First Ave is on the course. It's right before the park. 
Okay, so is it's that like, like mile 24? Yeah, it's around there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then by the time you get to the park, your legs are kind of jello-y, so it's kind of hard to get like around the turns and up the hills and stuff. <laughs> so do you hear the roar of the like people on the bleachers while you're in the park? Like, Do you kind of hear them going up and down like as runners come in and because you know so I got to stand in the grandstands for the first time and so we're watching and you've done this before too you're you're watching the big video screen so we see you coming up the screen before you actually come down and it's just such an exciting moment do you hear that I didn't really yeah I wasn't conscious of hearing that it's um cool though in the park you can hear like you have a lot of people that know you watching in the park. So you'll hear like your own name a bunch of times. So yeah. that was kind of cool. I was like, I think I recognize, like, I think that was my uncle. Like oh. you hear people that you recognize. Like voices so. you actually know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had some girlfriends working the mile 25 water stop. And so uh, they said it was really cool to see you guys all come through. Cause also you obviously are very spread out from everybody at that point in the race. So you really get to see each one of you run through. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, we were about 20 seconds apart, all of us, so it was kind of like, yeah, everyone was by themselves. <laughs> is that so hard to run alone like that, though? It, it is really hard. I feel like, I'm glad it was only the last, I don't know, five five or six miles this time, and um, last time I ran, like, the last 15 by myself, and it's just, like, once you fall off someone, you just slow down so much. It's just really hard. Um, so yeah, that was part of the incentive to not fall off of Shalane was like, just, you're going to like add so much time to this. If you're by yourself, you need someone dragging you. Yeah. What did you, if you know, we learned something from every marathon, what did you learn from this marathon? Or are you still processing that? Um, I think we learned a lot from the buildup of this marathon. We tried to make it a lot like Boston, but there was a few tweaks we had to do because of scheduling. And um, they didn't really – it was a good race. It's, the race still went well, but it was like – it could have been a little less stressful, I think, because some of the workouts weren't going as well as I'd hoped. So I think we would tweak that part of the buildup. And then as far as the actual race um, – I think just hanging on a little longer, like I think maybe I got a little too worried about falling off, uh, like blowing up at the end. So I kind of let the pace, like I let Shalane and Vivian go when maybe I could have held on one more mile and then maybe they would have slowed down and we could have run together. So maybe just taking more risks at the end like that and um, knowing it'll be okay. Because I still finished pretty strongly. Like I think, you know, I, I didn't, I had a little more left than I thought I would. Yeah. Well, yeah, because now it makes me wonder, like, had you hung on a little bit, if you would have been approaching the last, like, half a mile with somebody, when it came down to, like, the final sprint, would you have more kick? Because do you still have that 10K leg speed in you? Yeah, I mean, obviously we never know, but I was just kind of like, next time I think you should just, like, hang on and just ride the line as long as you can. You know, like, don't think about, don't even think about the next mile. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... Are you, I hate to ask this question even, but are you disappointed with fourth because you came and did, got third place, your debut marathon? I mean, your time was almost two minutes faster though. Yeah, I think, so that was a pretty windy day in 2016. So, um, I was wondering that. Okay. Yeah. They're similar, maybe similar efforts, but, um, I'm definitely a little disappointed. Like the podium was only 20 seconds away. So you kind of rehash that afterwards, but at the same time, like, there were points in the buildup where I was like, I don't know, like, and I know in a marathon, you know, it, a lot of elite athletes have a lot go wrong in their buildups. You know, I think Vivian and Shalane both had some issues with injuries in their buildups. And, um, I know Jared Ward almost didn't show up to New York. And like, I had a few workouts like that too, where I was like, man, this like, isn't going well at all. And like the 10 mile was rough that I did. So I was like, I don't know, like <laughs> this might be a really this might be a really bad marathon. And so in hindsight, like fourth is like really amazing. Like, yeah, like a relief kind of. Um, so I feel like it's mixed results. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what are you most excited about now that it's over and now that you have, um, obviously the trials, but lots of races in between to look forward to. Um, I think I'm excited about trying to go for like a big PR and just see where my potential is there. I think, that's important to have that time under your belt to kind of take away some fear, um, in like 
an Olympic level race, you know, where if if I were lucky enough to make that team, I don't want to be too intimidated by oh, yeah. a two twenty two woman. Like I want to be able to say I can do that too. So you never know unless you until you do it. Um, so I think I'm excited to just try for try for a PR next, and um, yeah, just excited to get another marathon experience under my belt and have like a more positive memory um, after this one because after Boston it was like. I knew it was the weather, but then part of me would be like, well, what if it was like this thing? Or what if it was like that thing? And I just didn't realize that like, you know, there's some mistake I'm not correcting. Um, so yeah, just kind of get back on more firm footing with like what we know works and what doesn't in training. Have you ever been as cold as you were in Boston in your entire life? <laughs> um, not for that l- No, not for that long. It's just, it was so long to be outside. Like it was like, I've been in like cold, rainy, you know, workouts and cold, rainy runs, but like, I've never spent like three hours outside in the, in the freezing cold. So yeah, it was, it was just too long to be outside. Yeah. And then how much time did you give yourself after Boston to like be upset and, you know, kind of recover and then say, I'm going to get back after it for New York? Um, well, right away I was like, I wasn't that upset because I was like, wow, like so many people had off days and like, it was the weather. Like what, like, what can I do about that? Like maybe poor clothing choice, but, um, but then like later on, like a week or two later, I'd be like, oh man, like that, that was really heartbreaking. Like I had a really smooth, like, like three months and then just the week before everything fell apart. Um, so yeah, just like re- recognizing that it was like a, you know, I don't have that many marathons left. And so for things to go over that well in the pre- preparation, like I was like, oh, what if that never happens again? Like, that's really frustrating. Um, yeah, but then I just tried to turn it around, like the build up for the next one. I had USAs right away. So that helped me switch focus on the track. And then the build up for the next one started like, you know, a month later. So so did you walk away from New York with some confidence? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's com- it's um, just to even have a buildup where I wasn't feeling 100% great in the workouts and still be able to stay relatively close to um, Shalane and Vivian was a good sign. And, like, it wasn't a perfect race, so it's always, mm-hmm. you know, to still feel like it was solid, but, like, you know where you can improve is always mm-hmm. a good sign. Well, Molly, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your New York experience with everybody. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. It was great to catch up. (laughs) And good luck with your, actually, not good luck, enjoy your recovering and good luck with what's next. Thanks. I am so far. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) All right. Bye, Molly. Bye, Lindsay. All right, guys. Molly is so sweet. I loved talking with her, and I hope you really enjoyed our conversation and were inspired by her. She is going to go on and do so many more great things in the marathon. I just know it. Before we get started talking with Roberta, I want to thank Casper Mattress for supporting this episode of the podcast. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. You spend a third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Casper has affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. They have hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. And they're all designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash have another and using the promo code have another at checkout terms and conditions applied that's casper.com slash have another use the promo code have another all right guys let's enjoy my conversation with roberta groner okay well we have roberta groner back on the podcast we're like best friends now roberta this is the third time we've talked i know it's it's been a journey and it's great to uh, be back on again. <laughs> well, congratulations. 12th place finish at the New York City Marathon. How are you feeling today? It's Wednesday, three days later. I feel great. Um, obviously still uh, still living off of the weekend's moments, but uh, kind of back to reality too, working and all the fun things with regular life too. So, 
<laughs> you know, I just got an email from someone today uh, requesting for me to have on uh, the woman who won the Monumental Marathon, and she is also 40 and the mother of two. And the woman in the email said, my favorite interview is with people like Roberta Groner who are oh. – living everyday life, you know, like working and training and still kicking ass. And so, yeah, that's great to hear. I love hearing that because, you know, um, that is my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, no, I feel great though. I mean, I, you know, physically feel, feel good. Uh, legs were sore the first day or so, but they feel like they're feeling good today. So not, not walking down the steps anymore. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So you, I loved seeing you on TV when, <laughs> with all that front pack. You know, you guys were all packed up together and we're like, yes. there's Roberta. Yes. Um, I wasn't planning on going out in the front, but I'm not as comfortable as probably most of them are running in that tight pack. And um, I felt like either I was going to trip somebody or someone was going to trip me. And so after about seven miles of it, I decided to just kind of you know, go at my own pace. I wasn't looking to win the race or <laughs> know that I was going to take the lead very long. I just kind of wanted to get comfortable in my own stride and pace, if that makes sense. So decided to just kind of get out of the group a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking literally five minutes before we got off. I scheduled you and Molly had a like right next one on, you know, right next to each other. And, uh, yeah, she was saying, though, in that first 5K, you guys were running like the first mile was even like 645 pace or something like that. Did it feel slow to you? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, again, I it was my first New York, um, first time really running with a big group like that, the pros. I mean, I did it in Boston in 2016, but the lead group went out extremely fast at that race, and I held back. So it was different. But, yes, um, it felt slow. Um, but you just don't want to – I didn't want to jump out in the cameras and uh, right away. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm the yeah, mom exactly. of three that everybody's <laughs> yeah. talking about here. Yes, yes. So, um, but no, it was, I mean, obviously running through the streets of New York is amazing and it's it's basically a hometown marathon for me being that I'm from New Jersey. So I had a lot of crowd support along the way, which was amazing. So yeah. Did you hear people just like all over the course? Yes, I did. Yes. Yes. I did hear a lot. Unfortunately, when you're going by so quickly, if you don't know where someone's going to be, you don't exactly know who it is, but I try to do my thumbs up as soon as I would hear my name, I would kind of give a thumbs up to acknowledge it. But I, I saw a few people along the course, but not, I heard a lot, but didn't see quite as many people though, um, that I'd like to. So, sorry, my mom was just trying to FaceTime me. <laughs> no problem. Did you hear that? I didn't actually hear it. Oh, okay, good. It was coming through on my computer too. She's probably trying to talk to my kids, not me. Oh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, we were all so excited for you and, um, tell me how you felt then because you said you were giving thumbs up when you can. Does that mean you felt pretty good? Oh, um, I wouldn't say it felt the best this marathon. Um, I kind of went out, um, I had a little bit of a hamstring issue leading up to it, um, that was in the back of my head the whole time. And not that it bothered me the whole race, but kind of in that fine line of what if I did too much, would it, you know, pull things like that. So, um, but I would say the last seven miles were tough. I mean, it's New York. The last part of the course is hard. Um, kind of broke. I was with a group with Allie and Steph Bruce. Um, there was about five of us up until about mile 17, 18, you know, and then Allie broke free, you know, the three of them went ahead and I kind of ran alone from that point on. So, um, so it was a long seven, eight miles alone. Um, and obviously pushing it still, but, uh, I would say that I, I gave it my all at all I had that day <laughs> as I crossed the finish line, I felt my legs start to crumble a little bit. So, um, overall I'm very happy, you know, with the effort and the time with the New York course. So this is a great experience. Yeah. Fast for that course. Now I was watching from the grandstands and, Did you wish you had another 50 meters? Because if you did, I'm pretty sure you would have passed Steph Bruce. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like I could feel her coming back, but I also had nothing much. I don't know how much (laughs) I had left either. So honestly, um, you know, it's 26.2 and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, there was, you know, as I was, I was going up that little hill and like, I was like, there was nothing in my legs. Like, and I could feel them start to shake too. I didn't fall down but again I couldn't give I don't think I could could have gave another few seconds (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because I think you were so. just two seconds behind her, weren't you? Yes, yes, yes. So when you guys came through, I had miscounted. I missed somebody in my count, and I thought she was 10th and you were 11th. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she oh. just missed 10th place by two seconds. Yeah. But it was 12th. No, I, I, I was 12th. Um, I did miss top five American. But, you know, um, but, you know, again, um, to, to run with these women and to be even in the top six is kind of sometimes I have to pinch myself a little bit. Obviously I know the work I put in, but it's really hard to put my name up there sometimes with the, the likes of Desi and, you know, uh, Steph Bruce and every, you know, I know we all work hard, but it's, it's just don't, I don't feel like I'm a pro like they are, <laughs> but you so are, <laughs> you yeah. so are. I mean, and it was a stacked field this year too. I mean, you were up there with all the girls that, that everybody, you know, that everybody knows yes. are the pros. Yes, everybody knows. Yes, yes. Um, I was. So, yes, it was, um, again, I was very pleased with overall everything that how it went down. And I feel like it gave it my all. And, you know, it, it's just an amazing, I mean, NYRR, they just, you know, do a phenomenal job with from start to finish, you know. So, um, obviously, I run for a team for NYRR. And I'm familiar with some of the, you know, people, the staff. But they just it's just a great experience from start to finish. It was the, probably one of the most amazing weekends of my life. <laughs> okay. Tell so. me your favorite part of the weekend outside of the race. Oh, um, honestly, it was probably between the opening and fin- I, we, the finishing. Um, we actually came back, we went to dinner on Sunday night and then with like a lot, of, you know, they're all the runners and the wheelchair division. And, and then Peter Chacha invited whoever would like to go back to the finish line, you know, cause he does the, mm-hmm. um, the final runners. And so that was probably one of my most ex- the, the probably my favorite experience was going back and cheering on those last runners and uh, seeing what they're accomplishing because it's just as you know phenomenal and anybody that's running a marathon from the first person to the last it's an amazing accomplishment so yeah so you went out there and you got to see the last finishers yes yes I did so that was pretty exciting oh and gosh, um, yeah yeah so that was fun and then um, during opening ceremonies we I, a few of us were invited to go um, to that and they um, announced us before at the end of the parade or the ceremonies so that was pretty exciting too so to be part of that so oh fun well and your yeah. Instagram it looks like you like went out the night after so like <laughs> how we want to know how late did you stay out Oh, oh, actually that night I, I, I was back actually at work Monday morning. Um, oh my God. so <laughs> Sunday night after the finishing, we went to the finish line. Um, I went back to the hotel. So I didn't have that, that exciting of a night. I mean, it was a great night. We were out from post race to, you know, till then. And then, uh, just hung out with two of my friends, um, back at the hotel until I was up at six, you know, six in the morning and, uh, back to work by eight thirty. <laughs> how did it, fe- how did your legs feel at work? Oh, okay. They're okay. I mean, tired. I was sore. I was definitely sore on Monday. I think it's the rolling hills, you know, definitely puts a pounding on the legs. So, um, but I didn't have to do a lot of walking on Monday, so that was okay. So. Yeah. Okay. So tell us your favorite. I'm looking at your picture right now from the race. Tell us your favorite part of the course. Favorite part of the course is probably coming off the Queensboro Bridge and going up first half. Okay. So is that like mile 23 no that's mile like 15 to 6 it's basically uh 15 16 um so you're on you know you have a mile plus on the queensboro bridge and it's complete silence there's nobody on it just it was me and the four other runners and no one's talking you know and then you come off and it is a complete you know, roar from the crowd and, uh, you're going for first Avenue, you know, you're in Manhattan, you know, you're getting there. So it's a pretty, um, probably one of my favorite parts of the course. And then, um, the finish line and I'm trying to think where else. I mean, I had friends at mile 21, 22, so that was pretty great too, because they were in a specific area where, you know, before fifth, before the fifth Avenue climb up into central park. So those are probably some of the highlights. So And uh, my friend Ashley, she got your picture at mile 25. Okay, so that's probably my favorite picture. Obviously, you probably saw it on Facebook. So that's yes. my profile picture. It was. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I'm, I'm surprised I looked that good at mile 25. I didn't know where it was at. <laughs> I meant to ask her where the picture was, where she was. Yeah, it's 25. Was course, yeah, so. she, yeah, she's mile 25. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I. um, Yeah, so that was. Um, a, a great photo. So, uh, I, uh, but it was, a. Uh, it's probably my favorite moments were that Queensboro bridge is probably my favorite part of the course. Um, coming off of it on the first Avenue. I'm trying to think, um, Brooklyn is Brooklyn's pretty amazing too. Like different parts of Brooklyn, the, the crowds and the, you know, the cheering. So, uh, I think though I, you know, 
because of was being in the pack and in the running, I felt like I, you know, couldn't enjoy that as much because I was so worried. I didn't want to trip Shalane <laughs> or anybody, but Shalane was in front of me a lot. And I just kept on thinking, oh, because there was a little bit of bumping and like, you know, like people would slow down and speed up. So I was very nervous about all that. <laughs> you don't want to be the, the person that, no. that tripped America's sweetheart. No, like Shalane no, again. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of what's going through my head. I'm like, please don't do that on TV <laughs> or don't do it, period. <laughs> yeah. Okay, your um your Instagram post today, you said, uh, be anxious, have nothing, and grateful for mm. everything. I love yes. that. You know, I've been listening to some podcasts, and I, I'm going to say I, I did kind of, I heard it on a podcast, and it really struck me. Um, and it's so true, right? I mean, just you should be grateful for everything and anxious of nothing. I mean, as simple as that. Um, yeah, because... it's like what you spend your time being anxious. And I mean, I struggle with anxiety quite a bit. And it's but it's like, it, it ends up being such a waste. Every time I come out of a bout of anxiety, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have wasted all my time feeling like that, you know? Correct. I mean, I, and that's something I go into races. I'm, I definitely, um, I don't, I'm not anxious when I step to the line and that's not, it wasn't just about racing. It was about life in general. Um, and of course who doesn't get anxious at times or looks back, but that's one thing I feel like helps me, um, on race day is that I don't, I don't step to the start line. You know, obviously we have a little bit of fear or a little bit of butterflies cause it's a big race. But other than that, I'm not anxious about anything. I just, you know, just go. What do you feel like? I mean, are you excited? excited yeah definitely excited you know like I said I get a little nervous maybe like right before the start but other than that the belief in everything I've done the training um the hard work and then you know whatever happens happens right I mean I mean obviously there could be disappointment there could be sadness you could you know but I mean that is also life is life is not easy at times so um but no I, I mean of course I'm excited at the start of the race but I'm never necessarily I would say anxious about the race itself so um, just kind of going out with the plan, not necessarily does the plan always work, but, or happen, but, um, just kind of believing in yourself and the confidence of the training that put in for months. Yeah. So in every race we have like a couple dark moments that we end up yes. coming out of. So did you have any moments like that and how long did, I did. they last? I did. I mean, towards the end of the race, more like, you know, before probably between 20 to 22 when I saw my friends, I mean, it was, I was alone. It was tough. My leg hurt, you know, it, my hamstring kind of was sore from beginning to end. Um, so you have these moments thinking, can I make it? Am I going to make it? You know? Um, but I got myself out of it. I mean, I think my friends being at 22 helped gratefully, you know, just giving me some words of encouragement. And then, you, and then you, it kind of just flips the switch. Like I'm almost done. There's no way I'm not going to finish this race, you know? So were you looking back uh, at all? Did you know how close anybody no, behind none, you was? No, no, I never looked back and I had no idea <laughs> you were just <laughs> until going until I finished. And then I was like, Oh, there's, two. I mean, because the crowds are so loud. Um, I didn't necessarily, I felt like there was a pack with five of us and I knew Carrie Dimoff was in that pack and then she kind of, um, I didn't know how far back she was, but honestly, I didn't know that, uh, the woman from South Africa or her were that close behind me. How close <laughs> so. were they? Um, Gerda from South Africa was only three seconds behind me. Wow. And I think Carrie was 10 or 11. So oh, wow. the three of us came in and yeah, I, I video the three of us coming in, like with Steph Bruce, like there was a five of us that came in together, pretty much within, you know, 30, 20, 30 seconds of each other or all together. So that's crazy. Yeah. And, and you didn't even know. Well, and at the time, did you, cause you don't know, or you tell me if any, who's dropped in front of you. So did you know what place you were in? No. Okay, so I had did you find an, out? I, um, when it, well, okay, I had an idea that I was probably sixth American if I if nobody dropped out, right? Okay, yeah. Right. Um, but overall place, I didn't know um, where I was. So um, not until across the finish line, and I guess maybe, I don't know if my coach, someone probably told me, I think, walking to the, 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 the tent where my coach was at. I don't remember who, though. So Did you have uh, a tiny sliver of hope that you might have cracked the top ten? Um. I just had the feeling I didn't. So yeah, yeah. Um, there wasn't anything. And there's, and honestly, I mean, obviously, who doesn't have goals? Um, and, you know, those were my goals. Top 10, break 230. Uh, but I'm not disappointed. Like, you know, of course, we always have a – everybody has that moment afterwards where they're um, – I want more. I think that's what makes us do what we do. Right. Yeah. Like there's more in me and I want to do better or how I know that there's, there's a, there's more there still. So, um, so, you know, yeah. I mean, I put that out there, the top 10 and break two thirty. neither one happened, but 
when I crossed the finish line, it was different than when I crossed the finish line at CIM. At CIM, I felt like I still had so much more left to give that day. And um, oh, this really? time I felt like I didn't. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, and that was kind of my goal. I didn't want to, I wanted to feel exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the main so, goal. That's the biggest goal, right? Yes. 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 You know, it's um, like looking back, all these women that you're competing with, they have been racing consistently for years, like decades, you know, and yes. that huge break that you had and just that you're, you're here and you're doing this. And I mean, think about even five years ago, did you ever think like, Oh, I'm going to be competing with the best marathoners no. in the world? No, no. I mean, three years ago I was at New York. Uh, I competed at 2015 and I was in the local competitive start and I ran a two forty five. And yeah. so that was three years ago. So. That's a huge difference. I mean, <laughs> yes, you know, two forty five is all the people that are trying to get their first like qualifying standard for the mm-hmm. trials. Yes. Um, no, so no, didn't think it, but I'm here and I'm, you know, three I, years ago. Three years ago, yes. So, yeah. That's crazy. Now, and so let's not fail to talk about the fact that you were the first Masters. So you, yes. I know you're not. I know you're competing with, <laughs> with everybody. But yes. you were. You won the Masters division. Yes. So how does yes. that feel? Oh, good. It felt great. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a another goal too, obviously. Um, uh, and it's you know, I mean, sometimes I, like I said, I still don't really feel like like that I'm 40 or that I don't think that I'm competing just masters. I think I'm competing in the open field. So it's a little different mindset, you know, at times because I want to just be competitive overall, but of course it's, you know, I'm excited, you know, I'm at the largest marathon in my city and, uh, and the world. Yeah. And I won, (laughs) and I won the master's division. So I'm very excited about it. Um, and obviously I want to be able to compete you know, at that level too high at a high level in the world, um, in the master's division. So, okay. So what's next for you? What are you obviously going to rest a little bit this week at least (laughs) rest, rest a little bit, a little vacation next week. Um, going to Key West for a couple of days to relax. Yes. And then there before. Oh, no, my first time. So that's awesome. I've only been once and my trip was kind of ruined because I, um, I was pregnant and I didn't realize I was. And then like oh, the no. day I got home, I took a test and I was like, no wonder I felt crappy and sick that whole time. I was in such denial. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. You yeah, won't have that experience. Though. No, no. <laughs> so then just some rest and relaxation. It's more of a mental rest, I would say, than a physical rest. Sure. Um, you know, a lot goes into the, the training process. And it even started way before training for New York. So, um, you know, what did Pittsburgh half in May and I really didn't have much downtime. You know, it was a lot of summer races. So some downtime and then I'll pick up training again for a spring marathon in January. So. Okay. And then fall, take the fall off marathoning to focus yes. on the trials. Mm-hmm. That's the goal right now. That's the plan. Correct. Do so. you know, or you probably aren't allowed to say, but do you have <laughs> thoughts on like which marathon you might do in the spring? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So, yep. So, um, and the plan is just the same, just to be, you know, give my, give my all and, uh, you know, compete amongst the best. So, well, I have to hear your thoughts on, um, Mary Katani's performance in that oh. one, <laughs> that 66 minute second half. Like what? Uh, is I, that? Didn't have my, I was just shocked when my coach told me, I was like, wait, what? I mean, I was impressed with my negative split. <laughs> yeah. Was like, what was your, what were your splits by the um, way? Um, I don't know exactly, but one sixteen thirties and then one fourteen. So, That's impressive. um, yeah. So, I mean, like just the negative spill on that course is, you know, always a good thing, but I, my mouth just kind of, you know, my jaw just dropped uh, when I heard Mary's uh, splits. So I'm um, fascinating. And I would love to watch some of the race. I just haven't had a chance to yet to see oh, sure. yeah. when it all happened. So pretty, I, I there's no words for that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. So great for her. I know. I mean, and then I guess like I said, I didn't get to really see much of the race or how it unfolded. Um, but I heard that, you know, that's just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. What, t- what about the other American, the other American women you were competing with? You know, I thought Allie Kiefer really proved herself. Like I was oh, like, yes. wow, to get fifth and come back and get seventh. I mean, she really said I'm here to stay. Right. 
Yeah, she really did. And um, she's, I mean, she had a PR on that course. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, she put it, I mean, we, we ran together up until like 17, 18 and she dropped the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> she, she just went and she, so she put two minutes on me, you know, um, at that for, you know, those last seven, eight miles. So very strong. And she's definitely, she's definitely one of the best. So look, definitely looking out for her for the trials to, to compete for top three. Yeah. Now tell me, did those hills in Central Park, I mean, do you train on hills? How did that feel for you? No, I, 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 it, it's rolling. That's fine. I mean, the, the climb up to Fifth Avenue to Central Park is a little tough, but the rolling in Central Park is not bad. And I, you know, I do compete for the team, a team in New York, so I do, I'm used to training and racing on that Central Park course a lot. So um, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I mean, tired, but not too bad. So do you feel like you're kind of like home when you're, when you're running on that yeah. in Central Park? Like this yeah. is so familiar yes, to me. Yeah. Yes, because most of our races are done in Central Park or a decent amount of them. So. Okay, so. Roberta. Well, tell us what's your, what's your, um, I don't know. What's your message to everybody else who, who ran on Sunday, whether they were elite or whether they were running five hours, four hours, three hours? What, what, did, what do you think? Um, I mean, honestly, just be happy, you know, um, you're out there, um, giving it your all at that day in that moment. And, um, I think what I learned for a big thing from Desi and listen to one of her podcasts is always remember your why, why are you doing this, you know, Yeah. and enjoy the moment. Yeah. She, yeah. And she always says, keep showing up. Isn't that her thing? Keep showing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you most excited for next? Oh, you mean running wise or just life wise? Both. (laughs) Um, Oh, I'd say life-wise, I mean, obviously just excited to have some downtime with my family and friends um, and not so much focus on getting up and getting out the door for runs <laughs> in the morning. Um, I am always, I'm always striving for, you know, to do more and do better. So per, uh, professionally, I am starting my master's degree in January um, online. So for nursing, so that'll keep me kind of busy too with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> And are you still, are you open to a sponsor if someone is knocking at your door? Would you take one? <laughs> um, if it's the right fit for me. Correct. Yes. Yeah. But because... it has to be something that fits in my life, you know, and that's meaningful to me too. So I was talking to someone about that. I was like, Roberta, if, you know, I'm sure you're getting calls, but I'm like, it, she's not going to like go with someone just to go with someone. It has, like you said, it has to fit. And yeah. what, what I think more than anything is that, a sponsor would be so smart to seek you out because you are so um, like just desirable to follow because of your story, because you're a working mom with three kids and you're doing, you're running two thirty marathon in New York city, you know, yeah. placing 12th. Yeah. So yes, that yeah, is a story. I guess um, just waiting to see, you know, what happens and um, see what the next year brings. And like I said, it has to be a, a fit, just not because I want a sponsorship. I've, I haven't had a sponsorship yet, and it hasn't prevented me from running PRs and running, like I said, with the uh, the best. So for being a complete badass, <laughs> it <laughs> is true. You. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, I it's something something I think about continuously or on a daily basis. Um, I'm just out here doing the work just like everybody else does. And like, like, you know, keep showing up. That's like what Desi says. So just keep showing up. Well, if I, doing own, my thing. If I owned a shoe company, I'd be knocking down your door. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, Roberta. Well, I'm going to let you go eat okay. dinner, relax. And Hey, you enjoy Key West. Have so much fun. All right. Great. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. For Congratulations. Everything. Thank you again. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening today. I've had so much fun this week and last weekend enjoying all the New York City Marathon festivities. I'm just so pumped from it. One day I'm going to run that race. I'm going to do it, you guys. You can find me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. We also have a group over there with great conversation going on. I would love to have you join us. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can always do that on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine, where you can support the show for as little as 3 or $5 a month and get bonus episodes every single month. And one last thing, I had so much fun meeting people at the live show at the New York Roadrunners Run Center uh, this past Saturday when I did the live show with Paula Ratcliffe. And it just got me excited to have more live events and to meet more of the listeners of this show because, man, I appreciate you guys so much. We will definitely have a meetup in 
we will definitely have a meetup in Boston this spring that I'm really excited about. Also a meetup at the Donna Marathon in February. So make sure if you're going to that, you follow along and uh, I will post when the meetups will be. Use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off of your entry fee. All right, everybody, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.